You don't have to just accept that as reality. You don't have to look at the workout and go, well, can't wear my purple leggings today because we have double unders, going to have to wear black. You know, that doesn't have to be a thing. And I know there's people that, that in this gym that they 100% look at that workout and are like, must choose outfit accordingly. Yeah. Um, and that should be a thing for like, you know, can't wear my hair on top of my head because I'm doing a handstand push-up, not can't wear this outfit because of this. Hey everybody, it's Coach Charlie. Welcome or welcome back to the Building Better People podcast brought to you by BoomFit. Thanks for listening today. And at the end of this episode, please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast if you aren't already. But more importantly, I hope the following interview inspires you to take the next step in your fitness journey. Enjoy. Perrin, thank you for joining me. You're welcome. We have our second monthly edition. Uh, this is a coach's podcast where you get to share some knowledge that you've been um, kind of, I would say, researching or you feel like you can share a light um, uh, of wisdom for people that are um, maybe interested or learning more about it. So give us your topic. Tell us what we're going to talk about. Sure. So topic is pelvic floor health. Um I know it's mainly a female I think like that Cal, Cal McNeil just laughed. Just in- oh, 100%, 100%. <laughs> he turned it off. He left the room. Yeah. Beth is listening okay. by herself. All right, keep going. Um, so, so Beth, tune in. Um, so I think it's something people, maybe it's a term they've heard, maybe it's not. Um, but I think a lot of people know when things don't feel right, um, especially double unders is the main time that this comes up. Um, but the pelvic floor is basically, you know, the the muscles that support the the bladder and the uterus and like your small large intestines right so just for sake of kind of addressing the audience right now is this directed mainly towards females or would I you say men, men would benefit just men as well? absolutely could benefit okay. from this too okay i think they're probably less likely to say something if, yeah. they, if it is an issue i think it definitely does apply more often to females so this is kind of referring to like when there's a lot of jump ropes in the workout. A lot of jump ropes. And the bathroom yep. is... Oh, when all the females go to the bathroom yeah. after the warm-up of the jump rope, it's, yes. a lot of it is due to a weak pelvic floor. Um, and it's, again, it's those muscles that support everything that sits right there in your pelvis. Mm. Um, and when those muscles are weak, it you know the, the pelvic floor loses its ability to control the bladder. bladder. It's essentially what happens. And... So, you know, I know there's multiple times where, you know, you'll just, you'll stop doing double unders or you have a really good set. You don't, you know, you're fine. But as you get tired in a workout, your muscles start to relax. And when you start to lose that core stability, um, you start to have more problems, but it does affect males too. Um, females are going to have more issues. Um, if they have, um, had children, um, you know, pregnancy, childbirth, all of those things are going to weaken the bladder. So um, give me an insight into how you feel that this, like if I'm listening to the podcast and I'm a female who's maybe had a few babies, um, why is this of interest to me? Like, why would it matter for me to strengthen these muscles? So it's other not, than being able to go through a whole workout without <laughs> yeah, having to pee, which like to me is really important. <laughs> um, you know, and sometimes it does catch you by surprise and it's not a jump rope workout, but it can be anything that puts pressure on the pelvic floor. So something heavy overhead, you know, um, a heavy clean and jerk that goes overhead, box jumps, you know, laughing, sneezing, all those things. Mm. Um, but I think it's because it's also, it's, it's, it's all intertwined with your core stability as well. Um, so simple things, you know, like 
glute bridges, squats, planks, all of those things are going to strengthen all of those muscles. And we, we all want those muscles to look pretty anyways, right? Um, but I think understanding how important engaging our core is in everything that a lot of times this is a side effect. It could be a side effect of just a weak pelvic floor, but it also could be a side effect of not knowing how to engage my pelvic floor. I could have very strong muscles, but if I don't know how to activate them they're not helpful and that's true of any muscles right yeah and that kind of ties into i think the level one where they talk about from core to extremity exactly right so it starts with tightening up your midline and then ultimately going out from there so explain a little bit of kind of for the person listening is like okay not knowing how to tighten my core not knowing how to use those muscles if i've never understood that concept like where do i even start so I mean, if you're looking to engage the core specifically, obviously, and let's just go back to double unders here. If I'm someone that double unders and my feet kick behind me a lot, probably not engaging our core. Mm. So we want to lean forward just a little bit and have our feet in front of us, legs together, right? That hollow body that we're trying to hit at the top, that's going to help us engage our core, but that's also helping engage those pelvic floor muscles. Now, if you want to isolate the pelvic floor from the core, it's if you were if you were going to the bathroom and you had to squeeze and stop that stream those are the muscles that Mm. you're trying to engage that's the simplest way that if you want to practice on trying to pinpoint because they're very hard to pinpoint they're very because when you engage those muscles you inadvertently are probably engaging not only your core but your glutes and a lot of other muscles around them Mm -hmm. that's the best way to be able to pinpoint that's what i'm it's a great great illustration the thing that i've always told people too especially in this area because a lot of people want a flat stomach like they they long for that who doesn't right (laughs) um and i do think that there are people who from a young age they don't even realize it but they naturally tighten those muscles and even you know while playing uh sports absolutely as kids and then there's people that don't and there's people that naturally actually don't flex those muscles and ultimately over 20 years 30 years 40 years you have a weaker midline. So by the time they come into a CrossFit gym and we start deadlifting, we start squatting, we start kettlebell swinging, and you've never tightened those muscles before, well, now you get hurt because not only are they obviously good for, you know, preserving your bladder, they're really good for protecting your spine. (laughs) Absolutely. And and another thing people ask a lot or say a lot is I want to do more core work. I want to do more core work. And I think just like you pinpointed at the beginning, you know, the L1, it's core to extremity. Well, that's every time we pick up a barbell. That's every time we do just about anything, it engages your core. There's very few things that don't engage the core. And that's usually if we're pinpointing some type of hyperextension, which will happen, you know, kip swings, mm-hmm. you know, um, GHDs. You know, you know, there's, there's things like that that are going to obviously not activate the core. But if we don't even know how to activate it or what muscles we're trying to pinpoint. We don't realize that we're not activating it every time we're picking up a barbell. Um, and so it's very easy for these things to happen or to lose yeah. that core stability because we don't even realize that it's being activated in those things. We think of core activation as a setup. So and if that's you're so far from if, it, if like going towards the jump rope illustration. How do we, how much time does it take to get to a place where let's just say there is a jump rope workout that has a lot of volume, like the one we did last week for my birthday, um, 10 minutes. I mean, you're going back and forth and 
to get to a point where you would say like, we don't have that issue anymore? I would say if you work to train those muscles and you work specifically on that, and there's a lot of stuff out there on exercises you can do and um, things you can do at home and things that don't take very long. Um, but also just a lot of the things we do in the gym, like plank walk-ups, you know, just holding planks. All of those are great things. The hollow body holds, all this kind of stuff. Um, you can see results in weeks, months, depending on how, oft- how often you do them. Um, remembering to breathe while mm. you're engaging your core is also really important. Mm-hmm. Um, but also remembering to apply those like those mechanical changes to your movements in a workout Mm -hmm. so i can go in there and do all these exercises but then if i go and do my double unders and i'm kicking my feet back and i'm not engaging my core on every rep and i get loose at the bottom of the jump rope you know you're 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 gonna have some of those same issues and and it's easier said than done and it's easy in the warm-up set to think about it but once you get going the clock's rolling you know you that's and that's usually where it starts to so so two Two questions. Number one, um, it it appears based on how you're describing this that it happens when you lose posture in your yes, ju- in your absolutely. jump ropes, and I guess it happens more often in that movement because it's repetitive, right? Very so it's repetitive. like over yes. and over and over and over and over, and once you lose that, then that happens. Yes. My next question would be, how common is it? Because I could envision somebody listening to this podcast who who is like, oh my goodness, Perrin, thank you for bringing <laughs> this up. I thought I'm weird. And You're not weird. It's very, very common. And I would say, I don't know if I've run into a female that hasn't had this problem at some point. Um, and again, not just the females. It's definitely more common in the females. But just because it's common doesn't mean we have to accept it as being okay. It, mm. it, there is, it, it's not necessarily natural in the sense that it doesn't have a very simple solution. Um, a very simple you know, a lot of simple things that you can, just because it, it's common doesn't mean you just have to accept it as reality. Yeah. So, so, I think so what you're telling me is can. if it happens regularly and in, in let's say I've, you know, I've been working out here six months, right? You're telling me there's a way it can stop happening. There is a way it can okay. be significantly better. Yeah. So, <laughs> and, and again, because I, I can't say that I've ever had that issue. It's, I'm asking out of curiosity sure. and also for the listener who's maybe having that issue. So if it's been going on, let's say for six months, and uh, I guess it it would occur maybe in the middle of a workout or the beginning or in the warm up, and then I gotta go use the restroom, and then am I sure. good once my bladder's empty? Nope, probably not. Okay, so it's just- You, you like to think that. <laughs> <laughs> and we all try it, yes. and it doesn't work. <laughs> okay, so um, what do I need to do? So there's a, there's a lot of information out there online. I think a lot of it's really good. And now, of course, with social media nowadays, there's a lot of good things on Instagram. There's a lot of, um, lot of good resources. Um, but pelvic floor, pelvic floor therapists go, go through a lot of this stuff. Um, and they talk about how to activate those muscles, how you want to squeeze and hold, you know, three seconds, breathe, and then relax for three seconds. And you want to repeat that about 10 times. And... You want to do maybe maybe five sets. And they talk about how you can do this while you're standing, sitting, lying. And some recommend doing all three. Um, and do it once a day. Make it part of your daily routine. Um, I mean, if you can do it sitting, you can literally do it sitting at your desk. Mm-hmm. You know, so it, it doesn't, it's not something you're going to work up a big sweat. It doesn't have to be, I've got to come in 10 minutes early to do it. Um, it's, it's, very, it's very simple, very low key. But if you're looking for something 
a little more, not necessarily intense, but kind of targeting some of the other muscles around the pelvic floor. Um, you know, like I said, like, uh, well, um, like hip thrusts, like weighted are going to be really good. Um, and you can even dumb that down to glute bridges, but in the glute bridge, we're not just extending those hips that you have to still squeeze your core and remembering mm-hmm. the, that it's a two part to that movement. I think we focus really heavily on the glutes there, but mm-hmm. you know, also engaging the core, um, with the glute bridge, but back squats, another great one. We have some weight, but again, not just seeing how low can we get? Are we getting all the way to the bottom? You know, are we driving our knees out? All the fundamentals of the squat are important, but Am I losing core stability when I get to the bottom of the squat? Or am I still squeezing those muscles each time? If I'm coming into a, is there a certain workout? Because this is kind of where I, you know, could see somebody who's listening that, you know, maybe I'm not going to do this every time. Maybe I'm not going to follow like this six week program that, Mm -hmm. you know, you download online or maybe I talk to a parent. But is there like, like if I see jump ropes on a workout, is there a prep that I can do that day? a routine or a, or, or is it something that I really have to like work on this over time? And then it has I think to get it's better. like any muscle group that I'm not saying you can't warm it up and it might, might be better. Um, but I say it comes back to those mechanics of in the workout, especially if the load is heavy, like the workout earlier this week that had the EMOM with the thrusters and the double unders. So 20 double unders each time was a very manageable load for that to to really focus on the the technique of engaging those muscles and changing my mechanics of my double under. Mm-hmm. Now, one that has astronomical amounts of double unders, and you're just trying to get through them, and you're just hoping you don't trip over the rope, and you're like not thinking three about rounds else. with a hundred each round. Probably not the day to really think about all of that because that'll last about your first thirty reps, and then it's probably gone. And I know this from experience. Yeah. But some of those smaller sets, or maybe you just break them up into smaller sets. So if I have a hundred double unders, but I know after about twenty, my form starts to get not as good, and I'm not maintaining that hollow body and those mechanics. Stop. Reset. Because you now are, you're still training those muscles and you're also just training your body on this is how I do a double under. Um, Is it fair to say like anybody who's, you know, bending their knees or pulling their feet back could have this issue? For sure. For sure. Um, They absolutely could. And sometimes I feel like I'm doing it all right and it doesn't matter. Mm. And so sometimes that's going to happen too. And, you know, I would say, I think for me, I tend to have more issues with a heavy barbell overhead um, than I do with jump rope. With jump rope, and I don't know if that's because I've thought more about the jump rope and I've practiced more with the jump rope. But the second that bar gets heavy, I my main thing is just keep the bar overhead. Yeah, I'm not thinking about anything else, you know. So give us, I mean, if you could share, because I think it'd help people listening relate. Give us like your experience personally, like, and what you when you first kind of realized this is a thing. How, how you handled it? Did you even acknowledge it? Did you just kind of not do anything about it for a period of time? You know, I don't think I really... I think the first time, I was like, huh, okay. And same thing, the question you asked earlier. I'll just go to the bathroom. I'll be fine, right? But then the more it happens, the more it happens. And at first, I didn't notice it too much because I didn't have enough double unders to matter. But then once I got better at them, I realized, oh, this is a thing, right? And so then I think what gave me the confidence to ask more questions was that there were several, this was at, you know, my previous gym, but there were several other people who would talk about it 
And so I was like, oh, okay, this isn't normal. And it did so happen to go to a gym with a girl who is a pelvic floor therapist. And she was like, that is not normal. She was like, it's normal because people think it's normal because it's common. It's not normal, not how it should be. It can be better. And so I learned a lot from her on, you don't have to just accept that as reality. You don't have to look at the workout and go, well, can't wear my purple leggings today because we have double unders going to have to wear black. You know, that doesn't have to be a thing. And I know there's people that that in this gym that they 100% look at that workout and are like, must choose outfit accordingly. Yeah. Um, And that should be a thing for like, you know, can't wear my hair on top of my head because I'm doing a handstand push-up. Not can't wear this outfit because of this. Yeah. Um, So I think knowing that you are not the only one. It is more common than you think, and it can get better. And there's so much research out there, and there's so many simple things. So when you approached the pelvic floor therapist, what went? What happened after that? She talked a lot about um, how to, again, like how to engage those muscles, um, what you're looking for that don't don't avoid things that cause this, but do do things to make it better. Do things. It's not going to go away. It's never going to go away. And there's no doubt some people have more issues than others. Um, you know, I someone even acknowledged last week and they they said something. Maybe it was a week before. They said something about it. And I said, I had the same problem today. And they were like, and you haven't even had kids. And I was like, okay, so it's not going to go uphill from here. Great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that is true. There are all kinds of things that can play factors on how bad it could be. But so they, so they, they may not see results for months if they start, you know, doing some of these exercises and learning how to activate those muscles and changing some of their body mechanics. Um, whereas other people may see results faster, but, um, like I even know, like I had a conversation coming into this podcast, a brief conversation with Jacob and he said, he was like, Oh, he said, I didn't really know that it was a thing, but I've seen benefits from some of these things too. Mm -hmm. He was like, they do work and it does, you know, because it, it, it's not a thing just in. And females, you know, males may may train a little bit differently for it because mm-hmm. they're, you know, their their body composition is different, but still something that they can they can work on so as well. Would you say that was, I guess, three four years ago when yeah. you first had that conversation? And then, um, have you seen improvement? Absolutely. And I know when I've done, it, I know when I haven't done it right. I know instantly when I don't move right. I'm like, well, you know, and you know because the mm-hmm. result is that. You peed yourself essentially yeah. is what happened, <laughs> yeah. you know, and you know, so sometimes you're like, all right, but you, but it also is a really good indicator that, you know, when I did that clean and jerk may have stood up with it, but mm-hmm. did I have good body mechanics? Not, I, I know for a fact I didn't, I have proof that I didn't, yeah. you know? Um, so again, I think we, we see it a lot on the jumping motions and I think box jumps easier because they are slower. I can step up. I can prep for each one. I can control mm. my landing. So you don't, you don't notice it as much. Um, even single unders cause they're a little slower paced, but once you start going hard on something fast and repetitive, like double like unders, a heavy push press for high volume, you know, or like Saturday's workout, we got all those push presses. hundred percent. Like, and so overhead stuff, again, maintaining that core stability. And I would also say if you have, if you're hypermobile and you can move that barbell maybe a little further behind you than you should, that breaks that core stability. And that's usually when I notice it. Does a belt make a difference? Um, 
Not that you'd belt up for double unders, but I'm thinking about the other movements. You know, I don't know that it does because I still have the ability to relax and breathe out, especially if it's in the middle of a workout and I'm belted. I still want to be able to breathe. So I don't have that belt brace, but also I don't, sometimes the belt can also cause us to rely on the belt to brace us instead of bracing ourselves. Because mm-hmm. that heavy clean and jerk day, I was wearing a belt and it did not matter on the on the, the 160. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like yeah. it, you know. Um, next question is kind of geared towards maybe you've done some research on this or, or heard of it, but I think the, doing the, the, the sport of CrossFit at the highest level and you have very fit females, mm-hmm. like, is this something that they deal with? I, I would have to say it is. And I would say it's probably something that, um, I mean, I had a whole conversation with, uh, another, um, female, female partners at the BCS about mm. it because after the double under echo bike workout, we were all in the bathroom, yeah. you know, and everyone knew why the other one was in the bathroom. So we just had an open conversation about it. And, um, you know, so I, I would say, yeah, it, it is. And I, I would hope that, you know, along the way, especially if you are some of these games level athletes that they have, oh, they, they have clearly taken steps to get there and clearly they have good body mechanics. So I wouldn't say that it never affects them. But to be moving like they're moving at the level that they're, you know, doing all of this, then mm-hmm. of course it's something that they've, they've come across. Well, 100%. and it sounds like all the things that you're saying help with this are just good to do even if you don't Probably have the in issue. General. <laughs> because And I would say a lot of these things, you know, apart from some of the specific, you know, targeting that those exact muscles and trying to figure out where those muscles are and adding that in separately, you know, as part of your daily routine, um, these are things we do. Like we do back squats. We do plank walk-ups. We do glute bridges, you know, and I don't know that we do a lot of hip thrusting out here in the PT, you know, out here in the CrossFit gym, but they do it in the PT studio a lot. It's obviously something we can do. Um, but are we doing it with the intent of focusing on that muscle group? Probably mm-hmm. not. And a lot of times it's accessory type work and Sometimes we're more engaged than others as far as, you know, we're just repping it out. We're tired from the workout. It's more, it's more of an afterthought, mm-hmm. but if kind of focusing on like it has a bigger purpose than just a little bit of core work. It, yeah. can, it can have so much more value than that. Yeah. So, um, I think kind of like summing up the, all the pointers today. So number one, and, and you can add to this or reword it, but number one, if if you are resonating with what is being said, you know you're in, you're in the the majority or the common. Absolutely, you're, you're in a, a number of people that are right. Like it's not there's nothing wrong with you. Like nope. you're um, not broken. Especially if the first time it happens, it was kind of awkward or strange. Um, number two, it is not something that you just have to say. This is how it is. Yeah. Like there's there is a protocol and a way to improve and. You can find some probably great content online. I can send you all kinds of stuff. Parent can I'm send not a you- pelvic floor therapist, but I can tell you with what's yep. worked for me and what I know, you know, will help. But if you yeah. want more in depth and, you know, talk to some experts, I can send you that yeah. stuff because there is so much good stuff out there. And, and and then I'd say third to that, like a lot of the the exercises are 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 you already doing You're in already CrossFit. Doing so it's kinda like, you know, there's there's encouragement in that because you don't necessarily have to come up with this new 15 minute 
you know, pre-workout. You don't have to have anything crazy. Yeah, but you're already working on strengthening those muscles. A lot simpler than, hey, I really want to pull up. Mm -hmm. You know, it is. It is a lot simpler than that. Yeah. Um, Okay, anything like to close out, to kind of uh, share that maybe you want to pull from your notes and look at kind of things that we didn't touch on? Um, I think... I think that's really it. I think it's just, you know, understanding that it is its own subset of muscles um, and that it, you know, you have a lot of resources and it is something that you can train and that it's common and how important maintaining that core midline stability is, especially when there's anything that's putting pressure on the pelvic floor. Um, So anything that's going to cause pelvic pressure, um, you know, like jumping. And again, jumping, we, we think box jumps, we think double unders. It's not just that. I mean, every time you snatch, you clean, you jerk, you're jumping into those motions. They're power motions. You're extending your hips, right? You're opening up your hips and then you're landing. That's pelvic, that's pelvic pressure. And all, you know, all of those organs and everything happening in there, they need some, they need strong muscles to support that and to understand how to activate the muscles that are, you already have. And again, just knowing that this is it's the reason we do all these exercises already in CrossFit is because you're doing these movements in CrossFit and you're doing these movements in everyday life. And so um, just knowing there, there's, there's pretty simple solutions and things that can make it so That's great. Thank you, Perrin. You're welcome. Once again, thanks for listening. If you live in Bryan College Station, we would love for you to come to our gym and start with one of our programs. If you're interested in more information about our services or a free trial, visit us at boomfitbcs.com. That's boomfitbcs.com.